Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. For Wolverine fans from coast to coast, go blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Michigan's class of 2017 still has a few openings. Fans were disappointed when Najee Harris opted for Bama, but there are still some big-time players who have yet to commit. Today, Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports joins me for our January recruiting update. First, a few news and notes to get us started. It was confirmed on Monday that Tyrone Wheatley had accepted an offer as running backs coach from the Jaguars. His contract had expired with Michigan, so it's no surprise he would have options aplenty. It is known that Tyrone has head coaching aspirations and was interested in the Western Michigan opening, but after that was filled, he decided to head back to the NFL. He did an outstanding job getting the most out of our running backs the last two years and is regarded as one of the top five recruiters in college football. He will be missed. We will find out soon who is on Jim Harbaugh's short list to replace Tyrone. Jim Harbaugh was in Georgia on Monday for an in-home visit with five-star defensive lineman Aubrey Solomon. Not sure what Aubrey thought about it, but according to reports, his mother really enjoyed the visit. Jim and his daughter, along with Don Brown, went go-karting with Solomon's family and even bowling. And we all know he has said some derogative things about Michigan, then apologized, and over the weekend said we were still in his top three. So stay tuned. He might be one of these whichever way the wind is blowing, where do I want to go today kind of kids. We'll find out on or before February 1st. Steve Lorenz says this is the highest rated Michigan recruiting class of the modern era and could get even better in the next two weeks. He joins me next on our game day segment here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Back with us on our January recruiting update as we get ever so close to National Signing Day is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Great to have you back with us, Steve. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it as always. Well, as I just mentioned, we are two weeks away from National Signing Day, or if you're in these parts, Signing of the Stars at Michigan. Sounds like another big media day for Michigan football, Steve. Yeah, and they, what they're doing it in Chrysler this year, which is, I think, something that a lot of people kind of predicted after how last year went, you know, I think it's a great, I think it's a great day. I think it gets the fans involved. It gets the, the kids get a little taste of what Michigan's all about. At least the ones who have enrolled already. Um, it gives, you know, it does, it gives the media another opportunity to, uh, to cover some of these kids too. They usually make a lot of them available. Uh, the early enrollees, they make them available after the event. And of course, you know, you never know who, uh, they're going to pull out of the woodwork celebrity-wise to to be there this year. I think I, I think I read that Ric Flair's back again, so that's that'll be cool. Um, but it is. It's. I think it's neat. It's it's unique again, which is what Harbaugh's been all about, and uh, it's it's something I think more than anything. I think I think it is. I think it's a nice day for for fans and students who you know maybe want to get involved or, or you know get a chance to uh, to learn about what the new class is. I mean, we're all diehards. You know, I do this every day, but there are a lot of people out there that I still think there's a, a, a pretty sizable population that is sort of the pick up the newspaper the day of signing day and see who Michigan's 
got coming in, you know, and for some of those people, maybe that are around Ann Arbor, gives them a firsthand chance to kind of check it out. Well, it's a big day. It's fun for the kids. As Jim Harbaugh said, let them have their big day. You don't get too many of those in life. Other than that, I think it also pays dividends for your next recruiting class because you've got these other kids in the class of 2018 out there watching it and they love this stuff. Yeah. And I think it's another showcase, you know, is a kid going to commit because of that event, I don't, I don't necessarily think so, but it is a showcase to show how passionate Michigan is about their football program. So if Chrysler gets packed, that's a huge, you know, that's one of those things. That's a factor, right? I mean, it's another opportunity for Michigan to show uh, how passionate they are about the program, the, the the coaching staff, Harbaugh, the new players, you know, how they, how well, the, how much they're revered and how much the players are loved and stuff. So, you know, it is a, they're, they're good at, getting the headlines on signing day. They did it last year. Uh, we'll see if they do it again this year. But but in that regard, I think, uh, you know, Michigan, they, they, they get on the front page. And, you know, like I said, last year, you know, they ended up sweeping with Rashawn and, and Lavert Hill and, and Devin Asiasi. I don't necessarily know if it'll be the same this year, but uh, either way, they're still going to be talk, well talked about uh, on National Signing Day nationally. Well, let's talk about some of the recruits stuff that's been in the news lately and back up a week ago to uh, the Najee Harris adventure. It, uh, of course, ended with him showing up in Birmingham for the start of winter semester. From what you hear about the whole situation, Steve, and it got stranger as the, uh, the weeks went by, did Michigan really have a good chance to get him right up to the end? Yeah, I mean, you know, people, it's kind of, okay, so it's kind of one of those things where, like, he was technically committed to Alabama, and then he never really didn't he never really uncommitted or decommitted from Alabama and then he signed with Alabama. So there'd be people out there that'll say, Oh, well, you know, he was going to sign with Alabama the whole time. I don't necessarily from being around him for the whole week in San Antonio, I was in San Antonio on site uh, during army week from being there the whole week. And then knowing kind of how Michigan felt about their chances with him. uh, I have zero doubt that, that there was that Michigan had a legitimate shot. I, I mean, at first I thought, after we we met up with him one on one, we were the only I think we were the only ones, or we were definitely the first ones to get him one on one. I thought he had already made his mind up, regardless of where he was going. The way it ended up playing out, I'm not so sure that's the case. Uh, just for the simple fact that kind of things fluctuated a little bit throughout the week. I know Michigan felt good, then they didn't, then they did. Uh, you know, I kind of get the sense that there was some, you know, contact late there. I knew I do know. I mean. You know, we wrote this on this, posted this on the site last week. Uh, he was still in contact with the Michigan coaches until he got on the plane to fly out. I mean, that's, again, I didn't, I don't think he was the type of kid that was playing Michigan. I really don't. You know, I would say that now that it's over. I really didn't get that sense. Uh, I just think he was a kid that, uh, I mean, <laughs> hard to describe him. Very enigmatic, very different, uh, very unique prospect, uh, both on the field but off the field too. Uh, but I don't think he was t- kind of taking them for a ride. I really get the sense now he was truly conflicted. Um, but you can't you can't blame him for going to Alabama. I mean, you you know, in four years he's going to be he's going to be a pro, and you know that he's probably going to have a really productive career there. You know, and so at the end of the day, you know, it's it's kind of hard to blame a kid of his caliber for Wanda. Uh, to play down there, but but no, I mean I definitely believe that Michigan was was in it. 
um, until the until the very end, really, maybe literally the very end. Well, there are still some big-time kids who are uncommitted and have Michigan's interest. One of those is Nico Collins from Pinson, Alabama. Michigan had an in-home visit with him on Thursday, and he would be another nice addition at wideout, wouldn't he, Steve? Yep. This one's a, this one looks like a two-team race. Uh, our good old friends from Georgia are kind of back in this one again. Uh, they've always kind of been around. It was kind of Georgia, Alabama, Michigan for a while. I don't really think Alabama is recruiting him uh, super, super hard at this point. I do think it's going to be either Georgia or Michigan. And I think Georgia is probably trending right now. I mean, they, uh, they've made a late push here the last like few weeks or so with uh, just heavy contact and, and stuff. And, and Michigan's hasn't been able to go in home with him yet. As far as Jim Harbaugh. Now, Tim Drevno went down there last Thursday. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's uh, had his child, John, you know, little John or mm-hmm. uh, Harbaugh. Uh, so he was actually grounded for the last part of last week. And I believe today's his first day on the road. Uh, so Harbaugh will still have his in-home visit. The one thing that's interesting is Collins is actually flying out to Hawaii for the Polynesian Bowl, which is another kind of all-American game. So he'll be in Hawaii for, like, I believe the duration of the week. So Michigan and Harbaugh specifically won't be able to go in home with him until sometime next week, which really doesn't matter. I mean, he's not going to decide till signing day. Uh, so it might be a good chance for Michigan to, I don't know, formulate a plan or get things in order before they do set that in-home visit. But uh, it's going to be Michigan or Georgia. My crystal ball is still on Michigan, but I, I, this one's close. I mean, this this one really, at, right now in my mind, uh, it could be an either-or. I do know this. Michigan led big for a long time. Uh, they would be losing a battle that they were well in front of for a while if Collins signs with Georgia. So uh, it'd be a disappointment, um, but with Tariq Black and, and Peoples-Jones already on campus and, and Brad Hawkins, who's really kind of been a forgotten guy in this class, his film – out at prep school is awesome. I mean, they got, I think they have three legitimate wide receivers uh, already signed and ready to go. Uh, you know, so Collins, while he'd be an awesome addition, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I think he's probably even better than what we have him ranked. Uh, you know, they, they still have signed a really great wide receiver class this cycle. Well, another recruiting adventure has been five-star defensive tackle Aubrey Solomon from Georgia. Still has Michigan in his final four, according to him, over the weekend. What do you think about the odds of reeling this kid in? Uh, talk to me on February 1st at <laughs> like 10.30. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's kind of shaping up to be one of those. Uh, I know Ryan Bartow, our national guy, got some great scoop following the Army game that uh, that Michigan was actually in really good shape with Solomon, which is less than 48 hours after he posted a video online saying – uh, F Michigan for lack of better phrase there. I mean, yeah. that's literally what he said on the video, uh, that happened, you know, and so you think, okay, well, I don't think this kid likes Michigan very much anymore. They're kind of out of it. Nope. Not the case at all. I mean, I, I and that's kind of funny because Michigan feels the same way. I think Michigan thinks they're right in it. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is actually going in home with Solomon today, uh, which is very significant because the head coach only gets one in home. My sense is I don't know if I'd have gone in home with him this early, knowing that there's this much time between now and signing day, uh, just with the way this recruitment has gone. You know, before he committed to Michigan last summer, I want to say Georgia, Alabama, and Ole Miss had all been publicly named a leader by him at some point. He decommits from Michigan. Georgia definitely took the lead for a long time. Now I think Georgia's probably – they could be sitting third. And this one I think may be in Alabama or Michigan – 
That being said, he did, he did just visit USC officially too. And he is a California native, which a lot of people kind of, kind of forget. Uh, he's not a Georgia native. So it's not a situation where the pull to stay home is necessarily as strong as it would be for a, a kid born and raised down there, you know? So that one, this one's going to be for anyone out there. This is going to be the one that's going to kind of go back and forth a lot. I feel like if there's going to be a lot of noise, there's going to be a lot of twists and turns, I feel like. And, uh, you know, we'll just see where it goes. I think Michigan believes they're in it, though, and they need defense. They need one more. They have a great defensive line haul so far this year, but they need one interior stud, a guy that could, you know, possibly contribute next year. You know, and Solomon and then Jay Tufele out of Utah are the two guys they're still recruiting. I think Solomon's a better uh, prospect as far as he's already pretty good, but I think he could be really, really good. Could he be even better than what he is now? Um, Tufele is more of a finished product and an amazing, he'd play right away. He'd play next year too. But, uh, I think Solomon's a guy that Michigan fans should maybe want or prefer a little bit. Um, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a crazy one in my opinion. Three star corner, uh, Brandon Sebastian from Connecticut was reportedly in town uh, this weekend for a visit. He's a Boston college commit for now. What kind of a corner is this kid, Steve? I'll save you the time, Mike. Michigan actually pulled the plug on that visit. Um, I think they feel good about what they have at cornerback. I, I think we expect Sebastian to sign with Boston College. Great player, though. Michigan's actually kind of recruiting his younger brother, Bryce, so that may be a guy that we'll end up talking about at some point. But uh, for now, I think Michigan, the way I, this, this is what I feel like happened is, you know, Michigan, their two corner commitments in, in Ambry Thomas and Benjamin St. Juice uh, were early enrollees. I feel like they got those guys up, and they really liked what they saw out of them, and I think they're going to stand pat uh, at cornerback until uh, signing day. So would have been an interesting fit for them. I think he's a really high-ceiling player, but uh, Michigan seems content with, with where they're at at cornerback, it sounds like. Well, the latest addition to the class of 2017 is its biggest, literally, a 6'6", 335-pound Chuck Filiaga from Texas. This gives us five tackles in the class, Steve, and he is the highest rated, I believe, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Uh, so Chuck was in San Antonio for the Army game. I got to spend a lot of time with him uh, throughout the week, and uh, I think I tweeted it not too long after he committed. He's a great fit for Michigan on the field, but he's also a great fit for them off the field. Uh, one of the things for 24 seven, we kind of had like a unlimited access type, uh, situation for art for the army bowl. So we were like able to be on the field with them while they were practicing, uh, you know, whatever, really whatever we wanted. I mean, we, I literally stood in the huddle, like for a play, like that's how great of access we were given. So I got to see a lot of things that you might not normally see, uh, when you're watching guys practice and Filiaga is such a good guy as far as like coachability, uh, team oriented, you know, and he's, he's a, one of the friendliest kids I've ever talked to. I mean, super friendly. Um, but as far as on the field, uh, he's a really nice mix of talent, leadership, coachability. Uh, he really fits what I think is sort of a Jim Harbaugh recruit. Now a kid like Filiaga, every school in the country is going to want him. So, and, and they'll take him and he'll do well, but he just seems like a really good fit at Michigan, and he was—he became a super important player for them when Isaiah Wilson uh, committed to Georgia. So, huge addition for them. You know, a lot of people talk about maybe he's a guy that could play right away. I'm not sure about that. The only reason why, uh, unless he was, unless they felt comfortable putting him a freshman out at left tackle, uh, he played right tackle all week at the Army game. 
struggled a little bit with the footwork because he's only played left tackle, which is like all these kids. That's what, right tackle is like the worst spot to play in that game because all these kids are left tackles in their high school teams, and the footwork's a little bit different. So it took him a while to get acclimated to that. Um, but I'll tell you what, though, I know in talking to Barton Simmons, our, our director of scouting, uh, he's got he's physically he's already there. I mean, he's, he could, he'll probably build a little bit, but uh, he's pretty much already there. He shed some bad weight from in the spring. You know, he looks like a he looks like a college football player already. So, you know, that Chuck was a big one. I mean, that was a really big, really big reel for the staff. Really, uh, you know, on our 24-7 profile pages, we put in who the primary recruiter is. You can't put the head coach in. Just they can't be considered, like, the primary recruiter. Mm-hmm. It's always an assistant. But if we could have, it would have been Jim Harbaugh would have been the primary recruiter here. He really uh, closed on this one. You know, there was some talk that maybe his parents wanted him to stay close, which is why Oklahoma had kind of picked up some momentum there late. Um, but Jim Harbaugh really shut the door on this one and, and finished it out. So, you know, I think that's a big win for, for Harbaugh and, and a big win for Michigan. I mean, they, they really haven't done anything in Texas, which, you know, you consider Texas has been down, A&M's been up and down. You know, we know what happened at Baylor. TCU's, you know, never really necessarily going to recruit at a super national level. You know, the, there's been opportunities, but they've just never been able to finish. So it's nice to see them get like a, a top 100 level player out of Texas. Well, Michigan running back commit Kurt Taylor, uh, one of only two running backs we have committed, I believe, Steve, offered by Michigan State over the weekend, and he says he's going to visit. Do you sense some wavering on his part? Uh, we'll see. I'm I'm kind of interested to see what happens with Taylor. Um, you know, Michigan likes to try to take a couple of running backs in each cycle. I think that's always been Harbaugh's thing to take at least two running backs in each cycle. Uh, I tell you, I really think, I, I honestly think that they thought they were going to get Harris uh, for a while. And I think, you know, with it, with AJ Dillon decommitting and going to sign with Boston college, uh, you know, I think I, for now, I think Michigan's going to push to keep Taylor. Uh, I know it's another guy that Harbaugh really likes. He likes his work ethic. He likes his, uh, uh, like as a locker room guy, like he really likes what Taylor would bring in that regard. Uh, I think Michigan state being the school to offer is really interesting. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think Michigan, they would not have offered him if they didn't think that there was a decent chance that they could flip him. So Going to be kind of an interesting one to see how it turns out. I know Michigan really not recruiting any other running backs right now, uh, you know, outside of uh, Omari Samuels and then and then Taylor. So, you know, Michigan's in Georgia. Like Harbaugh's at uh, Aubrey Solomon at, in Leesburg, Georgia today, but I believe Michigan's going to be at Grayson High School, which is where Taylor goes to high school right now. Uh, they'll be there this week, I believe. So probably no more then. Um, will they try to shut the door on him and, and try to get him not to visit? I, I don't know. Usually they kind of let the kids visit other schools if they want to. So uh, that's another one I'm kind of interested to see how it turns out. Interested to see how hard Michigan pushes to keep him and, uh, you know, what what his true interest level in Michigan State really is. So if it does happen, he gets flipped by the Spartans, as we've just mentioned, just Omari Samuels, uh, the only running back in the class then from New Mexico. Um, no other running backs you've heard that are on Michigan's radar in the event that happens? Not that I'm aware of, no. I mean, they you know, they liked Chase Hayden, the Arkansas commitment, but, but I think that door's been closed. Uh, there were some rumors they were recruiting a kid named A.J. Davis out of Lakeland, Florida. I don't believe that's really happening. So if they, if Taylor was to flip to Michigan state, 
uh, I feel like, like as of today, I would feel like Samuels may be the only guy they sign in that class. But, you know, you think Kareem Walker redshirted last year, Kingston Davis redshirted last year, Higdon uh, still has a few years left to go. So does Chris Evans. I mean, so I, you know, it is a situation where they are actually pretty deep and young at the position. Uh, so maybe they would feel good about taking one and then maybe make running back maybe a top priority in 2018. So, you know, because there's some few really good running back TJ Pledger out of IMG Academy is a kid that Michigan really, really loves. You know, it could be a situation where they focus all their efforts uh, on a big timer in 18 and tell them, tell that guy like, Hey, you're the guy for us in this class. So um, interested to see how it turns out, but no, I mean, we were kind of explicitly told they weren't really recruiting anybody else's position right now. With us on our uh, game day show this week as we uh, update January recruiting is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports, just two weeks away from National Signing Day. Steve, the dead period ended on Saturday, so the coaches can hit the road to make visits for the next two weeks, can't they? Yeah, they. Uh, I think they were actually could get on. They were on the road last week for a little bit, too. I think it was like Thursday. Interestingly enough, you know, because there are, there's so many... There's so few spots left or, you know, really kind of a concentrated group of guys that are recruiting. You know, there was a lot of 2018 uh, themed or, or aimed stops, I guess, from the staff. Uh, they did see a lot of their top guys. I know Chris Partridge went out to Starkville, Mississippi to see Willie Gay, who's right up there with Collins and, and Aubrey Solomon as, as a top, top target for them. And, and uh, you know, he's a situation where I think it's LSU – Maybe Mississippi State. Uh, I know Mississippi State lost their defensive coordinator, who who Gay had a really good relationship with. I don't know how much that hurts them there, but uh, could be LSU, Michigan. Ole Miss is still sniffing around too, uh, which you know is always something you got to kind of keep an eye on. So you know that'll that'll be interesting. But uh, really, it's it's kind of been a mix of you know dotting the T's or dotting the I's and crossing the T's with the 17s, but also uh, some big 18 stops too. And I think you'll see more offers go out. Uh, here in the near future, and I think you'll see, uh, you'll get a better idea of who who some of the players in next year's cycle that Michigan's highest on. Well, 11 players from this class, the class of 2017, are early enrollees, so they're going to be taking part in spring practice, off-season workouts. Who of this group right now would you expect to compete for playing time in the fall, Steve? Well, definitely Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's just that good. I mean, you know, Michigan loses Darbo, they lose Chesson. Uh, so there's there's opportunity on the outside. I mean, you know, Drake Harris, Mo Ways, Kakoa Crawford, Eddie McDoom. I mean, that, that's some experience there, but not really a lot of proven production. So, you know, I think it'll be a little bit of a blank slate at receiver next year. And I think Peoples Jones, obviously. I mean, if you you know you're from Detroit, you've seen like anyone who's listening probably has at least an idea of what kind of player he is. So you know, that you can just see it for yourself. I mean, his athleticism is off the charts. So, uh, you know, it'll be really interesting to see what he comes out and does the first year. Wide receiver can sometimes be a little bit of a tougher position for a first-year guy, but, I mean, he's he's different. I mean, he's one of the best prospects that the state has ever really produced, in my opinion. So really interested to see what he does. Uh, Cesar Ruiz, too, big one. Uh, another college-ready offensive lineman, in my opinion, uh, he played at the IMG Academy for two years. I think that really helped him get uh, both physically, mentally prepared for the college game. Michigan, you know, we know what the situation is in the offensive line. I mean, they graduate Kalis and, and Braden and Magnuson, you know, so they'll, they'll need production next year from some guys that haven't really done anything. 
I think I've the Mike. I don't know how bold of a prediction it is, but I've always I kind of think he could be a four year starter for them. I mean, he's a he's a wall in the middle. Now, will he play at center right away? I don't necessarily know. He could be could maybe play one of the guard positions. Could you know what Michigan can do whatever they want with Ben Bredesen. That's where the, what where some of the value is with him is he's a guy that could end up really anywhere next year. So. Uh, you know, they'll put the best five out there. And I think there's a decent chance that Ruiz could be one of the five best. You know, the other one is, is Ambry Thomas. Now with Stribling and Lewis out, you know, there's Lavert Hill, there's David Long, Keith Washington, Brandon Watson are some guys, but Thomas is a guy that might not, I don't know necessarily know if he'll come out and play cornerback right away, uh, but I do know that Michigan would really like to get the ball in his hands on special teams actually. Um, Super explosive player, another Detroit prospect that uh, Michigan had to fight tooth and nail for. I don't really think people realize that Michigan State really, really tried to make a push late, even after Thomas had verbally committed to Michigan. So, uh, you know, that that was really big for them to get him on campus and, and officially get him enrolled. So, you know, Thomas is a guy. He remind Thomas reminds me. Uh, I don't want to put too much on his shoulders. He kind of reminds me of a little, a little bit longer, bigger. Uh, Jordan Lewis type player. Uh, they their height, the way they look in high school is so similar. I mean, I remember thinking uh, that Lewis was going to be a great player in college. You could just sense it with him. I kind of get the same sense with Thomas. Uh, he's just uh, there's a his athleticism is elite, but he, there's a there's a sense. There's like that sixth sense, especially when he gets the ball in his hands. And a lot like Lewis, uh, I know when Lewis was first recruited by Michigan, I always would have, I always would have loved to have seen him play on offense because I always thought he was a Super explosive player. You saw it a few times when he when he uh, on the kickoff returns. You know he'd make plays out. He'd make something out of nothing. You know I think Thomas is a similar player there. So really interested to see. Uh, he'll eventually play cornerback, obviously, but I'm really interested to see what Michigan does with him and the other two facets of the of the game because I think he could be a guy uh, that could play. You know I don't want to say all three facets, but you, you know possibility. It's definitely within him to do it. So uh, those are kind of the three guys. Uh, I kind of look at, you know, Jalen Kelly Powell will be interesting too. I think he was a really important commitment because he's a perfect fit for Don Brown's defense. So Kelly Powell probably would have gone to Michigan regardless of who the defensive coordinator was. Uh, but he is a perfect fit for Don Brown's defense for a couple of reasons, because you can drop him back to play safety. You can line him up in the slot to play cornerback against like a running back or a, uh, you know, a, a fullback type. But he also he plays the run so well, and and so he'll they'll be able to use him in so many different areas. You know they'll be able to blitz him, they'll be able to drop him back, they'll be able to put him on the outside. I mean he's, I mean I couldn't really tell you how much of a better fit that they could have found in a guy like him. So if he comes in, looks good, performs well, he's a guy. You know there's a lot of questions at safety, especially and and some at linebacker. You know he's a guy that could see some snaps too. Well, aside from recruiting Steve last week, it was announced that Pep Hamilton would replace Jet Fish on the staff, another NFL guy, with the additional title of assistant head coach. So it would appear another great hire for Jim Harbaugh. It's a huge hire. I mean, Jed Fish did a lot of great things at Michigan, but it's it's hard not to argue that they didn't get better uh, with this hire. I mean, you're talking about a guy in, in Hamilton who less than two years ago, I think it was like NFL.com had him as like the second or third hottest name in football as far as coaching goes. Uh, yeah, the Cleveland Browns stunk, but they were going to stink no matter who, you know, was coaching there. So I don't, you know, 
you get like, uh, I guess we'll just call them like Facebook commenter types who say, well, this guy came from the Browns. Like how good can he be? But, but no, I mean, this uh, huge hire, he's worked with Harbaugh in the past too, which is always a great plus. Uh, you know, we've seen it with other guys like with Drevno and uh, Madison and stuff. So, so I think is a massive hire. Uh, interested to see how he is as a recruiter. I mean, he was a pretty good recruiter at Stanford, but I think recruiting's even changed uh, pretty significantly since then. So, interested to see how he acclimates himself on the recruiting trail. But as far as a strictly a coaching hire, I mean, can't do much better than that. I mean, he was being interviewed for head coaching jobs in the NFL, like just not not even that long ago, you know. So, and Cleveland wanted to keep him. It wasn't a situation where you know, they were like, okay, go ahead. I mean, you know, their head I think it was Pep, Pep uh, or what is his name, Hugh Hugh Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, you know, make, made public comments about how much they were hoping to keep him. So, you know, that's – if that doesn't tell you a lot, I mean, they hire away a guy that, that an NFL franchise was hoping to keep. I mean, that's a – and in a, and a high position too. He's not like an analyst or, a you know, a, a position assistant or something like that. I mean, he's, he's legit. So – Great hire for Michigan. Really, I mean, close to a ten as you can get in the college game. You don't, you just don't see guys like go from an NFL that high up in the NFL to uh, to the college game like very often at all. So huge hire. Well, in other staff news, then over the weekend, actually last week, we heard that Tyrone Wheatley was interested in the Western Michigan job. Then it was reported over the weekend he would be leaving for the Jaguars for the uh, NFL. I don't know that it's official yet, Steve, but Tyrone Wheatley would be missed, especially on the recruiting trail, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. Um, I'm interested to see what happens here. I got, you know, the fact that he was connected to the Western job and then you immediately hear about him in the NFL definitely leads you to believe that he might be looking elsewhere. Uh, kind of hard to deny that. I mean, he was very hard after the Western job, you know, and, and didn't get it, which I <laughs> I think it was kind of a mistake on Western's part. We'll see how, uh, I think, was it Tim Lester's the guy they hired? Mm-hmm. I think Wheatley uh, really, like you said, I think recruiting, especially at a school like Western is huge, would have been a, a home run hire for them to, to give Wheatley his first shot at a head coaching job. So, you know, I'm interested to see how it turns out if, if, you know, if by chance Michigan can get him to stay, yeah, that's a huge win for them because he is. I think right now, I believe Wheatley's Michigan's highest-ranked recruiter in our system. It's either him or Partridge. I mean, both of them are way up there. Um, but but Wheatley's connection to the program, you know, his status is, you know, sort of a legend. Uh, and the work that he's done with the running backs. You know, I think, you know, Devion Smith got a lot better. I think he kind of maxed out. I think Wheatley maxed out Smith's abilities – and uh, you see what Chris Evans did in year one. Uh, you know, it's it's hard not to you know like what he's done from a coaching standpoint too. So, kind of a peculiar situation. You know, as a guy with with, with as much history and as much you know uh, connection, such a deep connection to the program as as he's had, uh, to kind of get the sense that he might you know be actively looking uh, you know to to go elsewhere. So. Uh, but would be it would be though he did such a, I say this Wheatley was probably the MVP of what did Michigan did in the Detroit area this year you know would would some of these guys have committed to Michigan either way it's hard to say um, but he was really was the primary driver behind uh, like Ambry Thomas or Donovan Peoples Jones or uh, trying to Jeraymond Hall uh, who enrolled early also so you know he was really big in those recruitments that's what's put him up at near the top of the of the recruiter rankings so. You know, just 
Yeah, I think it'd be a pretty significant loss. I mean, Michigan's shown that they'll they'll they replace any loss with a great hire. You know, we just talked about one, but uh, you know, we lead. It's a little bit different, I think, just because of you know how how highly he's revered, you know, by Michigan fans and, and just by the program in general. This uh, would be a big loss, but we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. Looking ahead, though, Steve, have you heard of a start date for spring practice yet? I have not actually. Uh, try to say it probably be. Mar- late March, early April. I mean, that's usually about the time that it is. I don't know if they've set that or not yet. Uh, my biggest thing, I've been trying to find out what numbers the new the new and early enrollees are. That's been my uh, big mission, mission lately, but I don't believe they've handed those out yet. So uh, spring practice will be, I mean, this, this can be a really interesting year for them. I mean, it's, uh, they lost a lot, but you know, I think there's, I think there are some certain positions where they may actually improve uh, you know, despite some heavy losses, I know tight end is one spot where I think I'm really interested to see action they get because they've got talent and they've got depth at that position. And, and there are, I mean, you could pick or choose about four guys out of that group that could really like blow up and, and take it to the next level next year. So, uh, but I believe it'll be April. I'm guessing that's just a rough guess. So at this point, I don't believe they've said it yet. Well, final question for you, Steve. I think it was uh, right after National Signing Day or Signing of the Stars. Uh, last February, the gym came out and said, hey, we're going to uh, Florida, IMG Academy for practice. Any thoughts that the team might try something like that again? Or do you think they're staying put in Ann Arbor? I think there was some kind of kibosh put on those trips, or at least it's been uh, brought up to the to the council or to the NCAA, it's been proposed that uh, that there's got there's got to be a connection to the school or something like that. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily I don't think that they'll go back down to IMG this year. I think it's a shame. I think it's ridiculous with what what else goes on on the recruiting trail that never gets written about. Uh, that the NCAA would come down on a, a stupid rule like this, where I think if you talk to the players on the Michigan team, I think they'd tell you that this that trip was hugely beneficial for them uh you know then they, they were able to enjoy their spring break you know there was that i think fake idea of that the argument that you know these are they were being that they weren't able to have enjoy their spring break like a regular college student i just think that was a kind of a bs line to you know try to drum up some sympathy for those who wanted to overturn that stuff so uh again it 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 amazes me you you see uh, like I said, you see what goes on behind the scenes that never gets written about, um, that everybody knows about. Uh, yet here's you know Michigan doing some out of the out of the box thinking, completely within the rules, and those are the things that are getting like immediately changed up or immediately you know with the satellite camps it's the same deal. There is nothing wrong with Michigan going and doing all these satellite camps. You know if anything, uh, they they help. They help out other schools. It helps out the prospects. You know, it's 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 kind of it's kind of comical to me. I mean, anybody wants to read uh, Greg Doyle from the Indianapolis Star did a great article last year about Michigan satellite camp in Indianapolis and how it helped uh, uh, like a young offensive lineman or I don't think he's young. I think he was a, going into his senior year. Uh, ended up, ended up getting him preferred walk on offers from Ohio State, Michigan, and then he ended up getting a scholarship. Uh, from I can't remember what school it was, but it was I believe it was a school that attended the satellite camp, you know. And, and there's I know that there are other examples of that. I got the sense that Michigan took advantage of these things when they knew they could. I think they figured that that there'd be some kind of 
you know, they'd have a limited window, I guess, you know, to try to do that. That's why last year they took, they took so many satellite camp trips. I kind of get the sense, you know, that that was one of the reasons why is that they knew that, that there'd be some kind of backlash or crackdown on it. So, uh, I don't think they're going to IMG though. I haven't, I haven't been told they are and, uh, haven't been given any indication that they are. So, uh, we'll see where it goes. I, as of now, I would assume, I think that they'll probably stay in Ann Arbor or it'd, be, it'd end up having to be somewhere pretty close is what is kind of what the gist of it is. Well, after National Signing Day, we'll see uh, when the plans are announced for spring practice, uh, just what they are. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, as we know, uh, wrapping up the class of 2017. My guest today is our go-to guy for Michigan recruiting, Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Steve, as always, uh, my listeners look forward to your updates and we hope to get you back on uh, right after National Signing Day and wrap up this class of 2017. So, as always, we appreciate your time and look forward to that next visit. Thanks a lot, Mike. It's always a great time. Basketball and hockey news is next on Quick Hits here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On quick hits today, men's basketball, 12-6 overall, 2-3 in the Big Ten. We'll be back in action on the road tonight in another Big Ten battle against number 17, Wisconsin. The Badgers are 14-3 overall, 3-1 in the Big Ten. The game again will be in Madison tonight, 9.05 p.m. tip-off at the Kohl Center. It is part of ESPN's Super Tuesday. Wisconsin is coming off an 89-66 win over Ohio State. In that game, Bronson Canning led all scorers with 21 points, while Ethan Happ had a team-best 11 rebounds. Michigan will face Illinois for a second time in a 10-day span this Sunday at 2.15 p.m. on BTN, and they will be back at Chrysler Center. Women's basketball held Minnesota scoreless for nearly seven minutes of the second quarter and outscored the Gophers 22-6 in that frame en route to an 84-69 win over the Gophers on Sunday afternoon at Chrysler Center. Michigan had four players in double figures, led by sophomore Hallie Tomes' second straight double-double of 20 points and a career-high 17 boards. Junior Caitlin Flaherty turned in 22 points, including six three-pointers with two rebounds and an assist. Freshman Kizre Gondrazik had 17 points, three assists, and three boards, while senior captain Sierra Thompson recorded 12 points, four boards, seven assists, and two steals. U of M committed just 11 turnovers on the day to Minnesota's 22, turning the Gophers' miscues into 19 points. The Wolverines held a 40-38 edge on the glass and got 20 second-chance points in the game. Michigan, again 15-4 overall, 4-1 in the Big Ten, will be back in action on Thursday evening, traveling to Maryland to take on the Terrapins at 6 p.m. The game can be seen on the Big Ten Network. Michigan hockey was swept over the weekend up in Minnesota, and they will return to Big Ten Conference play this weekend in a home-and-home series with Michigan State. Friday, the Wolverines will host the Spartans at Yost with a scheduled 6.30 p.m. puck drop, and then will travel to East Lansing on Saturday night for a 7 p.m. showdown. This will be the second time seeing Michigan State this year, as U of M defeated the Spartans 5-4 in overtime at Joe Louis Arena to claim third place in the 52nd annual Great Lakes Invitational. 
Michigan is 8-11-1 overall, 1-5 in the Big Ten, heading into this weekend's play. Our free show app is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. If you're an iHeartRadio fan, you can get us there now. Just do a search for The Michigan Man and save us to your favorites. Thanks again to Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports for being my guest today. We're two weeks away from National Signing Day, and who knows what will happen in the next 14 days. Steve will be back with us in just a few weeks to wrap up the class of 2017 and, believe it or not, start talking about the class of 2018. Next week, we're going to talk Michigan hoops. It's been a rough start to the Big Ten season, and tonight, of course, as we mentioned, we have Wisconsin, and then come home Sunday to play the Fighting Illini. We need to start playing some better D, I think that's obvious, and we need at least a split, I think, in these next two games. My scheduled guest next week is Michigan Great and current color analyst on the Michigan Basketball Network, Perry Mills. So make sure you come back next week for that. I will also have a Michigan Man Extra for you in the coming weeks, and we will tell you more about that on the next show. So that will do it for this week. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Thanks again for listening, and have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until next time, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!